0: Good evening, everyone, and hopefully you lived a little and laughed a lot today. The topic I will discuss today is the aggressive stigma on African-American culture. This will be a recently enlightening episode, so if you cannot handle the truth, turn away now. Since it's Black History Month, I would like to start this episode with a poem called The Bollard of Birmingham by Dudley Randall. And I find this poem unique because I actually understood it after I read it in Birmingham, a church was blew up, and this poem is so unique. You have to keep in mind that a church was blown up, and this was at a time where race was a very huge issue, especially in the South. It reads, this was around the civil, um, around where we started to have the civil rights movement created and have some of the strongest leaders in the African-American movement of in America start to come out. It reads, Mother dear, may I go downtown instead of out to play and march the streets of Birmingham in a freedom march today? No, baby, no, you may not go, for the dogs are fierce and wild, and clubs and hoses, guns and jails aren't good for a little child. But, Mother, I won't be alone, other children will go with me and march the street of Birmingham to make our country free. No, baby, no, you may not go, for I fear those guns will fire but you may go to church instead and sing in the children's choir. She combed and brushed her night-dark hair and bathed rose petals sweet and drawn white glove on her small brown hand and white shoes on her feet. The The mother smiled to know her child was in the sacred place, but that smile was the last smile to come upon her face. From when she heard the explosion, her eyes grew wet and wild, She raced through the streets of Birmingham, calling for her child. She crawled through bits of glass and bricks, then lifted out a shoe. Oh, here's the shoe my baby wore, but baby, where are you? And again, I find this poem really unique because the child was beginning to ask, can I go and march for our freedom and our rights and, you know, that sort of thing And you know that was a time where It was huge Where the march for freedom was huge Or to for equality was huge Within the black community And she denied him that Because she said it was dangerous And instead go to a sacred place Which was the church So you could be safe And you can learn about the Lord And you could be protected from that struggle And instead That church was blown up And he actually died in it and it was more risk, risk for him to go inside a protected church, a sacred place where you praise, you know, your God. And he died in it. And he wanted to go to a march where it was just as risky. And it showed like there was no, no, no protection for you no matter where you went in this country. It was just as dangerous for you at a march as it was at a church. And that speaks a lot. African American people has been given the label of aggressive, angry, violent, and more. And this is not a mirror of personal opinion. It's been said on multiple occasions, publicly, by ethnicities that aren't black. Personally, I've seen videos and had a police officer actually tell me in real life that they'll be more aggressive when pursuing a black person, especially at night, than any other race. But This episode isn't meant to discuss whether that's right or wrong. It's intended to help understand why that happens. I want to use a personal situation to give you insight to this whole situation. I remember one night, it was the man that stopped in front of a car that was in front of me and my friend, and he didn't allow anybody to go. After some time, I stepped out of the car to talk to him. He stood in front of the car with about four white people, two male, two female. And he told me that he stopped there because the female in the passenger seat said something disrespectful and he felt offended and wouldn't move until she apologized until she got out the car and apologized because she wouldn't have had the courage to say it if she wasn't in the car. He was completely right. So I didn't really try to help the girl or like help the situation to get him like removed. But I warned the man that he could get in trouble and that he should find a better way to go about the whole scenario. Long story short, though, I went back to the car and I told my friend about the situation. But the part that was important is when I told her that he was an Indian man, she was shocked. She said, seriously? I didn't know Indian people were that violent. Then went on to say, I thought it would be. And then she did an awkward pause where she ended up switching up her words after she realized I was black. And she basically said, I thought it would be like another race. Indian people seem so cool and happy. So in that moment, I didn't feel offended about it because with a lot of black matters, I don't feel offended. I feel like a lot of the things that happened are in the past, and I should try to look forward to a new future and not really dwell on anything that happens with my race unless it's extremely offensive to me. But with that, it gave me insight to see that certain races and cultures and ethnicities have these Views and stigmas that they put on culture other cultures and other races and other ethnicities, and it just so happened that for her like personal viewing, she seen Indian people and we're not talking about Native American, we're talking about Indian people, she seen Indian people as a race that was cool, happy. And she would never expect in a million years that an Indian man would step in front of a car and stop and create a traffic create traffic and stop uh I say tens, twenties of people from making a left turn, that's the turn, that's the lane that he was stopped in, and that's the turn that he prevented. And it just amazed me that like Even seeing it happen right in front of your eyes, you can like be shocked and not believe and like have this thought in your head where you can see and think that no culture will ever do something like that. And when she said when she was going to say black people and ended up changing up her words to say, you know, another nationality, another race, I just was like it made me wonder a little bit what. Made black people get viewed in this type of way And when we look back in the past We can start to understand why black people are viewed as violence And it doesn't take much to see it And I'm happy that that situation happened And I will start to dive more into it right now So, we should all know about slavery And during slavery times, physical punishments were given for multiple reasons It could have been to punish someone for trying to run away Trying to learn to read, speaking out Or even something as small as looking at a white person the wrong way It is important to understand this because for slave owners and field watchers, this means of punishment was used to get a desired behavior. They understood that they could have used better ways to get the same reaction, but this is the way they chose. White people at this time understood that this was wrong to do to a human, but they didn't view black folks as a human. They viewed them, according to history, as animals. This is very important to understand. Another thing that is very important to understand is that Black people being brought to America came from a totally different culture. So everything that happened in America was becoming a learning tool. Subconsciously being learned is a new way of life for black people. Now those two things were two two very important things because when black people were set free, the only thing they understood and the only way of life that they understood was the one shown to them while they were slaves. So they didn't understand how to negotiate obedience. They did, however, understand that physical torture would help prevent a desired behavior. So while they didn't want to revert to violence, it was already rooted in them to use that to get to what they wanted. In the way that a baby of two alcoholics aren't just psychologically vulnerable to alcohol, but also biologically vulnerable, so were black people to physical harm. It's also important to remember that most black people were physically built muscular due to working on the field. With all that being said, you have muscular beings set into the world who are psychologically and biologically set to violence. That's all you need to start the violence that gets black people viewed as aggressive, right? Wrong. There actually is more to this. There has to be a trigger. After all, black people were just free from slavery. Why would they have a reason to display violence upon anyone? The social aspect of violence is the last part to the stigma. As we talk about this, it is interesting because biological, psychological, and soci- sociological are the three parts that make up how the mind processes information. And the natural processes of the mind, and what makes a person now, on a social aspect, black people would need something to trigger the effects of violence rooted in their system, and that was provided by the angry white slave owners who just lost their means of income due to the law. So, as white people disrespected free black people and tormented them, abused, and killed them in the nighttime, black people became fed up, and this means of violence was rooted in their system. Be- became stronger and stronger each day until eventually black people couldn't hold it in and released it on certain occasions. Now when black people acted out in early America, early early Americans made it seem like it was a surprise to them. Why would he act in a manner, they would say. Then, say from the side of their mouths, we told you they were animals. Then they'll turn their heads and chuckle. This only infuriated black people more. They felt what was happening to them was being ignored, but their response was shown to everyone. This is the birth of the stigma. Started from a passive-aggressive tactic from early America to exploit the African Americans shouldn't be treated like humans by poking the bear and playing victim. In a nutshell, this became the identity of black people. They were looked at as angry people who were seeking revenge, when, re- when in reality, they were people who wanted to be treated equally, but given everything but that. As years went on, black people started to embrace that role and went from wanting to be accepted to if they see me this way, then this is what I'll be. But this was only for selected individuals. Black organizations preached against things like this. They wanted to get equality through class and words, but the mindset that black people developed of they see me this way so I'm going to be it created organizations like the Black Panthers who were fed up with the way things were and wanted immediate actions, wanted their families to be protected, wanted, again, equality. But this time they demanded it. They weren't going to be abused and silenced about it. They wanted to be vocal and protective of each other. And this just strengthened the argument that black people were aggressive. Side note, if you want to see videos of passive aggressiveness I talked about Go to the Malcolm X interview on City View, where they tried to paint out the Nation of Islam as an aggressive organization, but trying to twist the words of statements and events that happened prior. And as Malcolm X explained to them they were wrong and why they were wrong, they cut him off and asked him new questions as a tactic to get him personally to act out while on TV. But... The final part that contributed to this was the fact that these two types of organizations started to have tension with each other and the media blew it up. There was the people who were asking for equality and the ones who demanded it, and the media pitted them against each other, which contributed, again, to the stigma that black people were violent, unorganized, and aggressive. To this day, we have the same issues in a different way. Black people are seeking equality and America is ignoring it, which makes the bigger protests. I'm not saying that black people are the only people who has a stigma placed on them, and I'm not saying that this is the complete story. Instead, I just want people to be informed of the struggles and stigmas placed on black folks to this day and help you understand a little bit more of the history that it rooted from. This is all I have today, and I hope that you learned a little and laughed a lot today. And we should have another episode up recent, or soon. If you want me to do another Black History Month episode, just send me an email or send me a message and you can say whatever you want me to talk about. If you want me to debate with somebody, you can say that, too. But, you know, feedback is always appreciated. And, yeah, thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed the video. And until next time, see ya.